Anchor.fm. What is up, guys? Coming at you February 24th, 8.17 p.m. I am so, so excited for this next episode that is going to be dropping tomorrow at 5 a.m. Just in time as you're waking up, you're getting your coffee, you're getting into the truck, the car, the van, you're taking the kids to school, you're on your way to work, and you're looking for a podcast. I got you. I got to sit down, not necessarily with, but in spirit, I got to sit down with my good friend, Dante, who hails from the land of the rising sun, Tokyo, Japan. And uh, he actually just shared the image that I posted right now, but we are two teachers with the same mission, uh, different parts of the world, but we have the same vibes. And it was so cool to talk with him and just to get a good chunk of his mind on some stuff. And I already got some topics for the next session that we're going to be having. So sit back, relax. If you're driving, you know, pay attention to what you're doing while you're driving. And if you're not driving and you're in your office, or maybe you're going to save this podcast and you're going to listen to it at home in some peace and some quiet, sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, and enjoy. Thanks, guys. Dante, you there? Yeah, I can hear you now. There we go. Perfect. How are you, man? I'm good. How about you, man? I was just thinking right now, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. This is crazy. It's too long distance. And then I was finally thinking, I was like, man, this is going to be so crazy if this works. I'm over here watching the sunrise and you are well past the sun setting. Yep. (laughs) Like that is probably the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Now, like whenever I think about like the time differences, like how I'm like in the future, (laughs) I'm always thinking like, yo, that's crazy. I mean, because, like, I got your your message, well, I got your message my yesterday, and I'm like, oh, crap, did I just completely miss the podcast? And then you text me back, like, oh, wait a second, no, you're still in Monday. Yeah, that's crazy, right? (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, no, like, I'm sorry about that. Like, I, uh, like, my, I'm in between bullet journals, like, usually, like, I have my, my journal, and I can you know, keep track of everything. But at the end of the year means I'm still making my new journal for the next year. So I don't have my old journal. It's crazy how to, to keep track of all of the thoughts, right? It's just too much sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the deal, like between teaching and creative stuff and it's just, yeah, all over the place. It's all over the place. Well, dude, I want to say thank you for, for joining me finally i know this was kind of like a this has been quite the process to make this thing happen at least a, a year or two yeah um, to get you on and everything so i'm really glad that we are finally i'm glad that i finally uh uh i guess just like man he's like he's reached out to me twice to get on this podcast i really gotta just like get this guy on and everything <laughs> it's like this guy's fighting like tooth and nail you're fighting like all like maybe two other people who want to like just talk on this on the podcast dude. <laughs> and so yeah. i'm just like nope i gotta get him on i appreciate that man now nah, just you know good conversation is always hard to come by so um it just <laughs> happens to be on a podcast so right it just happens to be on a podcast who would have who would have known right yeah exactly um so welcome 
thanks for being here for for negative possibilities man this is quite the treat we have uh my really good friend dante who is residing right now in japan um why don't you give a little bit of background about yourself dude and um and then we'll just go ahead and take it from there uh okay um let's see i don't know where i should begin everyone always like has like their spiel uh let's see uh, let's start with what I'm doing now. Well, I'm a teacher. Uh, I'm an English teacher in Japan, in Tokyo, Japan right now. Um, I teach uh, English as a second language um, for uh, Japanese students in a public uh, junior high school. Um, prior to this, um, I was uh, serving in the United States Air Force for 10 years. I retired. Um, and then I came over here to live my second life, try to find my, my own small measure of peace kind of payback karma a little bit. Um, and in the mean in between time, I, I have some creative work uh, where I show people um, the stories uh, from Japan on my YouTube channel. So yeah. So I mean, that's, that's really, really cool. And it's funny too, because the last interview that I had was a teacher. And so you're a teacher. And so this is going to be pretty interesting to have one teacher's perspective, you know, the ones that I hear that I work with and everything. And, you know, an American teacher living in Tokyo, Japan, with a completely different worldview. Like, this is going to be uh, interesting, and we might even have to, like, end up breaking this into, like, two podcasts, because I'm pretty sure you have some uh, some really uh, deep stories to tell us about just how different viewpoints can be. Yeah, you know, this uh, perspective um, definitely gets broadened when you, um, when you move across the the big pond, whether it's across the Atlantic or the Pacific, you know, you're, you're always going to expand your, um, your perspective on things. And, or at least you hope to, if you don't, then man, there's something wrong. But as a teacher, you know, it's impossible not to. So I guess like one of the, the first things, you know, people usually hear when they, you know, hear about teachers and everything that I think one of the very miss, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, like misinterpreted, but like one of the things that most people think about teachers is that like we're kind of all the same, um, but we're not because we deal with different kids. We deal with different circumstances and everything. How do you feel right now? And I mean, we're just going to go ahead and just jump into this. I'm not Let's even going to I'm not even going to give the spiel about what the podcast is anymore because already what three, four, you're going to be like the fifth person on the podcast now. So people should get the gist of this now. But um, what is the biggest difference that you see between the uh, like, I guess in the educational realm when it comes to American teachers and what we do here and what you do over there in Tokyo, Japan. I think there's a firmer grasp on our role in society. Um, I think there's a, um, a, a, a firm understanding of our curriculum and what, uh, what that curriculum aims to do. Um, and because there's such a clear understanding of your role um, in the curriculum, um, it's a well-oiled machine for the most part. The only thing that changes is how much money, the fuel um, that drives the engine, you know, um, if you're in a major metro metropolitan area or if you're in an area that has um, higher taxes, then of course you're going to have more resources. But um, the end result um, is the same and not to speak in generalities. Um, I can be I can be very specific about um, our role in society. We're trying to create um, a workforce um, that's agile, capable, and global globally minded. Mm. Um, and um, everything that we do 
is to that end. Right. So um, I think the, the looking at things from the American perspective um, while in a Japanese school, it, it is very obvious to me how difficult it is to do the job without firm direction. That being said, we're not micromanaged. We just know um, so strongly what we have to do and we're just charged with doing it. How we do it is irrelevant. It's doing it. It's just getting the job done. Yeah. And so, and see, like, I like how you said that, like, you know, not speaking in generalities or anything like that, but like, um, just like being able to like really get the job done. And I know that that's a struggle here in the U.S. because there's just like, there's constant testing and it might be the same, but maybe like you said, like the, I guess maybe the, the mentality behind it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, you know, there's constant testing. And then I think it's also, I think, I mean, you can probably speak on this a lot too. It's, I think there's a massive cultural difference when it comes to uh, the work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the expectation of uh, what you're going to do as a teacher here, um, it's just, I think no matter what culture you're in, teachers are probably your over your most overworked um, resource or, or personnel or uh, they're going to be your most overworked. Um, and the mentality about that is a little bit different. Um, but most of it's the same. Everyone, every educator is underpaid and overworked uh, no matter where you go. But um, as far as like what we're, we're charged with doing, um, I'll put it like this. Uh, when we're talking about getting the job done, um, we're going to stay as long as it takes to get it done. And there's an expectation that we're going to do that. Um, like I, I've been at school until 10 o'clock at night some days. Um, but then again, I've been at school until like the final bell, like, which, which plays at like three, three thirty, four o'clock some days. Um, you do what the job dictates, uh, which I love that. Like having the agility to be able to be in longer or be in shorter at so long as you get the job done is, um, uh, it works out. It works well for me, but I will say this, I'm um, culturally speaking. Um, you don't want to appear like you're slacking off, especially when uh, one of your teammates is struggling, your teammates has more work than you or something like that. Um, there mm -hmm. is a culture of responsibility where you can't be just the individual that, yo, I got my work done, so I'm out of here. Like there right. is a, there is a cultural aspect to that. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you said that too, because it makes me think like you just said, um, you can't seem to slack off. And I feel like even now more so, I think, which is weird. You would think it would be backwards with this whole pandemic and everything that has just kind of gone on in the last year, year and a half now already. Um, it's kind of like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do my nine to five and I'm going to dip. Yeah. Yeah, and, there's, yeah. <laughs> and it just sounds like over there, it's just kind of like, oh, crap, I can't dip. I got like three other teachers I need to help out. Yeah, not only that, but it's like, even when you dip, there's something that you could be doing at home. Like, I, I will say, like me, I'm I'm task tight right now. Like, um, I have my, of course, my regular, like, 24 classes a week, which I teach more classes than probably any foreign teacher in my city. Um, but after that, you know, I have, my personal development that I have on Thursday nights where I'm learning to teach other teachers. And then on Mondays, I have special projects with um, some of our best and brightest in our prefecture. Um, so 
you know, even when you're done, you're not done. Right. Do you think that there's uh what about burnout? Is burnout a thing over there? Um see that's difficult. Um when you say burnout, you mean like um, you know, you work so much that you want to quit? Yeah, kind of. Like mental burnout, you know, it's just you become this shell of a person. It's like you clock in, you clock out, you go home, that's it, and you just want it to all end. You know, I think that the way they defeat that here, because yes, burning out is a thing if you stay at the same school for too long. Right. Um, and there are two different philosophies on this. Um, I am of a differing philosophy, but the the general philosophy is that as a teacher, you should be at a school from three to five years longer than that. And you're more at risk for burning out. And it's actually really frowned upon for you to be there that long. Um, so by moving to another school, you have refreshed your mind. You've you've now like entered a new situation. So you can't be burnt out on something new. Right. Um, but the way the reason why I deviate from that frame of mind is it, it gets really hard to create a system. Um, and I think of teaching like coaching a football team. Uh, you need to be able to install your philosophy, your system, and then watch that philosophy and system uh, flourish within your students. Right. Um, so um, as long as you are refreshing yourself in other ways, I feel like you can stay. But um, the systemic way to pre prevent that is by moving teachers around. Right. And see, like something like that, how you just said, like it's frowned upon if a teacher stays at one place for for too long um, over here. It's kind of, it's it's even more insane. And I can only say this because I've experienced it. It almost becomes like you get thrown into like this uh, sort of like a meta. It's like, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and move you, but we're going to leave you with this massive uncertain doubt that we moved you. But it was for bad reasons. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the bureau, the bureaucracy is very different between um, our two countries, um, or I mean, I guess <clears throat> I am American, but the country that I'm working in. Um, so it is very different. Um, there is no ambiguity as to why you are leaving uh, here. Um, even in the passive aggression, um, it is very obvious why you're getting moved. Um, so, you and know, it's I've, to grow that philosophy, right? Yeah, it, it is to grow that philosophy. But I mean, there are occasions where um, where bad things have happened and teachers got moved. Mm. Um, if I might, uh, can I, I can get into an anecdote about that. Um, so yeah, there was, um, we had a, a principal um, who was at a, another junior high school um, for a few years. And at that junior high school, uh, one of the students committed suicide. Um, not a laughing matter at all. I mean, there's already a birth issue um, in Japan where we have a declining um, population. Um, so kids are already precious despite that. And, and then you add on top of it, the population decreasing and yet like children are like diamonds. Um, so to lose one on your watch, you know, it's a big deal. Well, on top of that, it would, um, he didn't go through the proper channels of investigating what happened. Uh, when he did go through the proper channels of investigating what happened, he didn't release that data to the public. Um, all that to say, um, they moved him out of there. Um, and he knew why he moved out of there. And when he got moved to our school, um, he was there only for a year so that they could figure out what they were going to do with him after that fact. Um, right. And while they won't disrespect a principal by telling everybody his business, everyone knows the deal. Um, but you're, you're charged with being professional regardless. 
Um, right. So like when it's time to move on, you'll know why you're moving on, whether it's good, bad or neutral um, and you'll adjust. Right. Yeah. And like here it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but yeah, but like in here, it's kind of like, you know, a teacher will end up screwing up and then they get either suspended or they get like terminated, like on the spot or something. But like, usually like the most ambiguous, like the most uh, ambiguous channels that end up, a, a teacher ends up going through is that they get removed and then they get sent to like district where they just push paper for like the rest of their life. Well, I have a question about that. If you don't mind, um, I know it's your, your, your podcast, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you a question. Um, so you said that like you can get in trouble, like, you know, as a teacher, what does that mean? Because for us, that might mean something different than it means for you. So let's do this. Um, my anecdote is only it can only be based off of like my experience and so yeah. my experience was the high school that i was teaching at formerly mm. uh this teacher ended up getting in trouble because they caught him having sex with a student and so yeah that's and, a no-no. I mean, it, yeah it's a it's a massive no-no i mean it's just like this dude had a family and everything yeah and so all of this stuff swirls around and i end up getting like I don't know, like if I was like blackballed into it or if they just assumed, I, I, I honestly believe my, my intuition, whatever my male intuition is, I think that they lumped me in there because I was part of like this young teacher crowd. Uh, yeah. And, and also because just the nature of like my journalism classes and how I deal with some of my students, they knew that a lot of students were in and out of my classroom, even if they weren't my student, because they would just come in to talk with me. Yep. And so, you know, one thing leads to another and then I'm in the principal's office and then they're asking me all these questions and it come, boils down to one of the principals being like, you have no idea what we're talking about, do you? And I'm like, no, like you are asking the wrong person. And then that was the end of it. But it yeah. was still after that moment, it was kind of like a chastising moment. And then from that point, I had a target on my back. Well, yeah. And in the being the young, the young teacher, the cool teacher, the connected teacher um, is a very difficult position to be in. And I've been fighting that struggle for years because uh, I'm an open book to my to my kids. Um, right. And. Um, that is that's a weird place for a teacher to be. And it's also weird in a society where um, teachers are generally speaking closed off. They're 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 revered and um, they need to be seen as kind of your pseudo parent figures. So to be the big brother, well, that's weird. <laughs> and what's weird is highlighted and not in a good way. Right. So I definitely understand that. Uh, I've definitely had my struggles with that. Um, but at the end of the day, like. Um, I've um, I've carved out a niche for myself um, and have shown the mm, I've shown the uh, value in not doing things the traditional way. Um, and I value that that uh, opportunity. No, yeah, I think it's a I think it's an opportunity that really, you know, whether it's known or it's something that's barely developing because now we're having so much more so many more younger teachers coming into the force. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's going to be something that's not going to be able to be easily hidden anymore. No, not at all. Especially when you have so many classes online. I mean, our entire space, like, I mean, if you brought up, you brought up jokingly meta, um, but really like when you have a virtual learning space, like you're all, they always have access to you or they always want access to you or they need to be, they need to have access to you at odd times. It just to, I think to compare this to, you know, what I know from my previous job, which is war is 
you know, you need to kind of fight an asymmetrical kind of style of warfare that traditional line them up and teach them. That's not going to work anymore. You got to right. figure out a different way. You need to be more agile than you ever have been. And that requires opening yourself up to some fire sometimes. But from that fire, something great can happen. Right. Exactly. And I'm glad that you kind of like pivot on that thing where, you know, we can't really be fighting this the same anymore. How do you feel having this um, this dual world view now? And I, I kind of like that whole dual world view um, slogan right here. How do you feel that <clears throat> going through this whole pandemic thing and, you know, people will say otherwise but i think you know we're on the heels of it so to speak even though mm. this whole like omicron thing popped up now and, mm. and and now i'm going down rabbit holes where people are saying like there's another one that's going to be coming around the corner mm. how do you feel that all of that has changed um the landscape of education and teaching man i think it was actually a great thing for teaching i think it was a great thing for education okay. um and other and some teachers will disagree but i think that here's the thing you know it takes something major to make major changes. Um, so when you have a situation that requires ingenuity, that requires creativity, that requires evolution, you will evolve, you will create, you will move. Um, so, uh, you know, when we had uh, coronavirus come down, we had, we, we learned a lot of teachers deficiencies. Yo, you can't use a computer to save your life. How are you making how are you making worksheets, let alone engaging with students, teachers and uh, their family members? Um, so, you know, I was giving crash courses on online engagement, marketing, uh, communication. Um, so I think this was, you know, as terrible as this pandemic was for life um, as we know it, mm -hmm. for education as we know it. Um, I think it's an opportunity. It has been an opportunity um, for teachers to, for one, get some more professional skills, but for two, to reach kids that otherwise are unreachable. And we have a huge issue with that here. And what is that issue of unreachability? Um, there are kids that just don't come to school. And while it's obligatory for students to come to school for primary school and, or excuse me, for elementary school and junior high school, um, high school is uh, optional. They can go to a vocational school, they can go to the military, they can do whatever. Or they, the military is like a military two-year prep school and then they actually join the military. Mm -hmm. But um, there are parents that once their, their kids say, I don't want to go to school, there are parents that are like, okay, you can stay home. And there's no, um, there's no criminal mandate stating that, hey, this person um, is truant, so the parents need to get punished for that. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. A teacher actually went to a child's home, um, which isn't out of the norm for teachers to do home visits here. But he went to their home. He saw that the kid was like just like playing video games or whatever at his house. So he dragged that student to school. Well, the parent came home. was like, where's my child? And the brother said, oh, he's at school. The teacher came and picked him up. That teacher got arrested for kidnapping. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, and man. yeah, like there's no infringing on the parents' rights to tell teachers or anybody what they're going to do with their kids. That being uh -huh. said, how are these kids getting educated? So there are a number of individuals that maybe it's depression, maybe it's bullying, maybe it's mental health issues, or maybe it's just malaise, but they don't come to school. So how do we reach them? Well, these fusion classes, these, uh, these Zoom classes are actually a way to engage those individuals in a way that might either A, rehabilitate, 
rehabilitate them into coming to school or B, at least educate them so that they're more prepared for their next step. Right, exactly. And I think I think to speak on kind of to be able to rehabilitate the student back into the class and everything, I think one of the things that the pandemic really highlighted too in an education, I think it was like an educational blind spot was this idea that for so many years, students were coming to school and we had no idea why they were throwing fits, why they're like fighting, why they were, you know, just causing a mess. And this pandemic has opened up this like crack where finally teachers and admin were able to see exactly that kind of house life that they had. Exactly. And there's the key right there. Like that's something that I think Japan was like way ahead of because we have home visits. Right. Um, so, you know, teachers, your home teachers going to every student's house that's in their homeroom and they're checking with their parent. We have parents come to the school. Like this is the level of engagement here is like, it's wild. But I remember when I was a kid, yo, the last thing I want you to do is talk to my mom and dad, period. <laughs> like, yo, it was always bad. Yeah. Yo, don't, don't call my mom for anything. I don't care if it's a field trip, permission slip, give it to me. I'll talk to her. You stay right. at it. <laughs> but like, but yeah, but you don't realize like that there is a real utility to teachers engaging with parents. And sometimes it's not even about that. It's just about checking your situation. And kids right. don't kids don't know that they're in a bad situation. Some kids do. But some kids don't know that they're in a bad situation until your teacher's like, yo, this is terrible. Let me help you. But by then they have Stockholm Syndrome or, you know, the parent is so, so powerful in that in that kid's life as yeah. kind of a force of terror. There's nothing the teacher can do by that point. Or not, or like to add to kind of all of that, that what you just said right now, it's almost kind of like once you, once the teacher finally decides to get involved, it becomes almost kind of like an offense to the teacher, to the parent. Yeah, of course, of course, because for whatever reason, um, and this happens here sometimes too, there's like this rivalry between parents and teachers, which I'll never understand. I'll never understand that. Um, right. Because we're working towards the same goal. So it's just pride. It's just pride. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could say like one of like the weirdest interactions I've had with a parent was probably like we were knee deep in the, in the pandemic. So we were definitely a hundred percent virtual and everything. And we have, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have it. I know you guys do like home visits and everything, but we have to do like these mandatory call logs that are like the bane of our existence. We have to call <laughs> like every single parent, every single student that's failing all this stuff because we're just, we just have this thing here, I guess, where we just cannot fail a student. And it's like, well, wait a second, hold up. It's like, this student does absolutely nothing in this class. And yep. then we get on the phone. And so for my experience, I get on the phone and I call this parent and um, I'm just like, Hey, you know, so-and-so your daughter, I, I don't remember son and daughter isn't doing my work. I just want to let you know they're at risk of failing all those other things. I get like this text message back. I called, I left a voicemail. I, I get a text message back. So I don't even have that much respect to get a voicemail. On yeah. my but they're just like, Oh, well, you know, don't you teach like journalism or something or don't you teach this or whatever? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, so your work really doesn't even matter. Like, okay. Um, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you know, at that mm. point, you know, you get all the air knocked out of you and it's just like, okay. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't know what happened, but they ended up like messaging me back and they're just like, Oh my gosh, you are the journalism teacher or something. Like, I don't know how they got confused with all of this. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, forgive me. I will make sure that my student does their work. Yeah. You're a nicer guy than me. 
<laughs> you're you're a much nicer guy than me. So I was like, oh my gosh, like your your job doesn't matter. I'm like, cool. Let me go to your job and like tell you that your job doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because you're not the president of the United States. You're not uh, the local senator. You're not. Uh, you don't have any money. You're not rich. You're not an oil baron. You're not uh, Amazon director. You're none of those things. So your job doesn't matter. Cool. Let me do that to you. Like, yeah. And, and people and teachers have tried or excuse me, parents have tried that before. It's like, oh, you're just an English teacher. Like we live in Japan. Why does your kid? Why does my kid need to learn English? I'm like, if you want your kid to only be able to do jobs here in Japan and be limited in his resources so that he won't be able to communicate or do any business with anybody in the outside world, thus putting a ceiling on his future, by all means, knock yourself out. Like, and then they look at me like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry for me. Like, be sorry for your kid because you just embarrassed him. Like, and I don't like, care. Be sorry for, like, the attitude that you're showing off. Yeah, like I, like, I don't care about people's attitudes. Like, that's the cool thing to me is that, yo, I'm glad you gave me your opinion because now you just gave me license to give mine. Like, I, now we're having conversation. And right. I, think, I think that's something that, that's not had a lot here in Japan is there's a fear of confrontation. Right. Um, this is not a confrontational country, generally speaking, unless things boil over. So when someone says, oh, your class isn't important, I'm like, great, now I can educate you. Like, but, you know, like, if no one's going to say anything, like that teacher that or the parent that just messaged you, uh -huh. like, yo, I, I don't, my reply to that wouldn't have been anything. I just like, okay, cool. Like, don't be surprised when your kids pass them, like, getting Fs. Like, I just, like, no effort from you, no effort from me. Easy. Right, exactly. Next, next kid. <laughs> on this like conveyor belt of children right yeah exactly there are so many other kids that actually care there's so many parents that actually care like if you don't care about your kid and your kid doesn't care about the class then man i'm wondering i'm really wondering what you want for them from their future tell me that so i can vector like my energy to pushing them towards whatever that thing is oh you want them to be in the military okay they can study asvab during my class then cool yeah, and I think it's even weird, too, because, I mean, we go from one, this one dynamic of, you know, the kid doesn't care, the parents don't care. Yeah. But then we go to this whole other dynamic sometimes where you do meet these parents and you tell them, like, hey, you know what? Little Johnny is, like, doing wonderful in my class. You know, he might need to do a little bit more, you know, here. He might need to put his energies more into this thing here. You know, I really see good things for them. And this, like, puffs up the, the, like, the parent a lot. They're just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe you're saying such good things about my kid. And then, like, the parent goes to the child, and they, I guess they explode into this, like, hey, you know, your teacher really likes you. You should really try. They, they see a ton of potential in you. Uh, your tenacity is through the roof. Like, really yeah. do it. And then the kid comes back, and they're just like, I can't believe that you told my mom all of this stuff. And now they won't shut up about, like, me being, like, this, like, amazing student in your class. Yeah. Like, I never understood <laughs> that. Like, I have, I have, two, I have two students. One, not so much, because this one, this one student that I have actually loves journalism, and, like, she just, she loves it. She doesn't like the work. I mean, she's a freshman, but she doesn't yeah. like the work. She doesn't like how busy she is, but she knows that she likes it. But then this other girl is just like, I can't believe you told my mom that, that if I put a little bit more energy that I could be, like, a really good podcaster. And I'm like, well, I mean, I have to give you some type of, like, uh, reinforcement. I mean, you have it. You have what I think could build up to something good in the future with this. Why am I not going to share that with your parents? Oh, well now they won't shut up about it. And I'm just like, wow. Okay, cool. So everything is backwards now. 
Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like the ha- the nail that sticks out gets hammered. We have that yeah. philosophy here, um, and it's like the prevailing philosophy for students. Like, whereas like your smartest kids won't say anything at all. Like yeah. my second my second year students won't talk if um, like if no one else is talking, they won't talk. Period. Like so, even if they're amazing, yo, if everyone's not amazing, I'm not amazing either. I'm just not going to be that guy that that answers all the questions in class. It's not going to be me. So I get it. But yeah, that's it's terrible because like and maybe maybe I'm speaking from an old man like perspective, <laughs> but like but man, I wish somebody took interest in me when I was like when I was a student, like you don't realize like how important that is until no one cares about what you do ever. Like when you're an adult, no one cares what you're doing. Like, yeah. So, like, yo, they they should enjoy this time while they can. I wish I could just shake them and be like, yo, no one cares about you after this. I just want to let you know that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, you turn 18 and no one cares. Like, welcome like, to obscurity. Right? It's like no one's going to ask you how much more faster you run with your new shoes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No one, they're like, oh, wow. You know, like, oh, man, those are some nice shoes you got on today. Like. No one says that to you anymore without an ulterior, ulterior motive. Like, right? Yeah, no one takes interest. Oh, what are you writing? Oh, man, like, I can look that over for you. Oh, no one cares what you're writing. No one cares what you're watching. No one cares what you're wearing. They want to, they care about your productivity. Like, that's it. Like, congratulations. You're, you're now just gray. Nothing special about you anymore. Like, please, please, please take advantage of this time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's super, super, super crazy. Um, what else is going on? I mean, what else is going on? What's going on? Let's go. We did the whole education thing. Yeah. What's going on culturally in, in, in this climate that we're living in right now, dude? I want, I want your global view on, on culture now. Man, so it's interesting. Like, I, uh, I've lived here pr- prior to the pandemic. So, like, I was, I moved here in 2017. Um, and, you know, I thought that perhaps that there's always a, a shade of xenophobia in Japan. Um, and this is culturally speaking, because like the nationality is the ethnicity. Um, and that's something that people like people kind of don't really think about because to be an American is to be nothing, everything, something like a mixture, like whereas to be Japanese is to be Japanese. Um, so there's always like a, a, a shade of xenophobia within the political spectrum or just within the social dynamics on the day-to-day life. Um, that being said, um, when Corona dropped, like, you know, there was a kind of a chilling effect in America where like, you know, there was a lot of um, hatred towards Asian people. There's a lot of violence towards Asian people right. um, in America. Well, in Japan, it was like everyone that isn't Japanese, this is your fault. Like, Corona is your fault and your fault exclusively was like the first response. Like, so first, I mean, it's hard to see, like, it's hard to see that from a country that's largely passive aggressive. However, it becomes very obvious the, the more you're in the matrix, you can kind of of see the code. Right. Um, And you're like, okay. So when I'm walking down the street, someone's like really checking their mask hardcore, even though I'm wearing a mask too. What's up with that? Right. Like if I, if I sneeze, like 
I got to like sneak, I got to hold that in or like, I'm going to clear out this entire train. Right. Like, just the little things like that, the little micro um, adjustments that people make. Um, but I will say this, like now that like we're two years into Corona now, which is crazy. We're almost two years into Corona. Um, <laughs> like if you're here right now, it means you live here. You're not a tourist. So, you know, before you couldn't tell who was a tourist and who was a resident. Well, now okay. everyone's a resident because there's no tourism in Japan right now. Um, domestic tourism only. So the treatment is a little bit different because it's like, yo, you're, you're one of us, but you're not one of us. Right. And so it's been amusing seeing that. Um, but um, we're in the middle of like kind of a political transition. Um, the powers that, that were formerly um, in control of Japan, um, Abe, um, and the Liberal Democratic Party here um, has um, has been in control for a long time. And people are kind of restless because of coronavirus. Nothing's getting better. Economically, things aren't getting better. We have a shrinking middle class. There's no inflation, luckily. But that doesn't really mean that people are doing great. It just means people aren't getting like it's, they're not getting worse. Right. So um, people are looking across the pond at America um, only to say, well, at least we're not them, but that doesn't really mean anything when you're suffering your day-to-day -day life. Right. Right. So. Definitely. Um, I came across this thing that I saw on, um, I guess it was about like coronavirus. And it's basically, I mean, everybody is sharing like the different signs that businesses are putting up on their, on their walls now. Yeah. You know, we've gone through, we've gone through like these mandated masks. We've gone through you know, social distancing. And then it's like, and then here, like in El Paso with the powers that be and whatnot, you know, one day, you know, it's like, okay, no more masks. And then like 24 hours later, Oh, you have to wear your mask now. And it's just insane. And so I was kind of going down the rabbit hole of Reddit and I saw something from Japan that someone had posted. I don't remember what subreddit it was from, but it was just basically about like getting vaccinated and whatnot. Yeah. And, I t and towards the bottom of it, and it, it was kind of like the point of the post. Um, it literally said something to the effect of, you know, don't um, don't be prejudiced against those who do get vaccinated and don't uh, be prejudiced against those who um, do get vaccinated. So yeah. basically it was kind of like, man, Japan is like really ahead of the game when it comes to because I know you said passive aggressive. Yeah, but they're really ahead of the game of just how to. And I mean, uh, for the people that listen, they 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 probably are going to feel a certain way about this. But I feel like Japan is really pro person, you know, pro individual sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because while people like to say that Japan is a collectivist society, um, Japan really is about minding your own business. Like it, it's, it's funny how that <laughs> it's funny how that works. Like it's like, yo, like I'm not going to to interfere in anything that's going on with you. Now, this could be a bad thing and a good thing because we had an attack on a train a couple of uh, a couple of months ago and everyone looked at this crazy guy on the train and they're like, well, it's not my business, so I'm not gonna get involved until he starts stabbing people and lights a freaking train on fire. Like, right. so like this can, this can get to an opposite extreme, but yeah, they're very pro mind your business and someone else's vaccine is not your business. That being said, they will shame you into doing things their way. 
So like you will be the only guy on a train without a mask and they will look at you until you either leave the train or you put something (laughs) over your freaking face. Right. So like they're, they are pretty pro person, but you know, relax with uh, deviating from the norms. Yeah. I like how it's like, they will stare you to death and they will send out, you know, you know, beams of fire to your soul. Yeah. And over here we have like, you know, people walking into the stores and if they don't wear a mask, someone's getting like thrown a shake at their face or something. Yeah. And I watched that and I, I kind of like wonder like what would happen in like how I would feel if I walked into a store and I'm wearing a mask and someone insulted me for wearing a mask. Right. Um, like because it's, it's very political over there about the whole mask thing, which I think it's kind of silly because it's not political to wear seatbelts. It's not political to wear helmets, but you put a mask over your face um, during 2020, uh, the 2020 election. Yeah, during the 2020 election, you're wearing a mask and people automatically assume they know your political uh, your political stance. Um, and I just, I, watching, it's really weird. We are talking about the, having the dual perspectives of society, like kind of the dual um, perspectives of the world. Watching what's going on in Japan or in America from Japan, it scares me because I, I, I see like, I see people that just want to fight. Like right. perspective means nothing. It's just an opportunity. Like, so, you know, if you want to fight, you'll find any reason to fight a mask, a vaccine, um, you know, a, a political statement, your own personal truth, your religion. Like, yeah. yo, if someone wants to fight, they're going to fight. And what do you do with something like that? Like, this, like as a teacher, what do I do with people like that? Like, you can't educate. You can't educate from a space where, you know, no matter what you say, you're offending um, somebody's sensibility and giving them a reason to commit violence. Like, that's no way to educate. Yeah. It's almost kind of like violence is the outcome to anything now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Uh, it's funny in an ironic way that, you know, we say, you know, there's no um, violence isn't the answer. Um, but there's also a phrase, uh, there's also a famous cliche that um, war creates strong men, strong men create peace, peace create weak men, weak men create war. Um, and I think that we're in this place where everyone's so weak minded. And I mean this across the board. I don't mean this in just a, a political sense, but like, when you have a society that's so weak-minded that they can't be challenged on their ideas and they can't find any other way um, to communicate, well, weak people choose violence because it's the easiest way to communicate. Right. And like, and what does that do? Well, eventually that violence is going to create stronger-minded people, but it requires tragedy for that to happen. Um, yeah, like, yeah. It's not, it's not, you know, people, it's, it's, it's not even just people, people ideals and mindsets are all go- are all casualties in that sense absolutely absolutely there's something lost um when when violence is the you know the prescription um to like some ailment it's like chemotherapy and i watched my mom go through chemotherapy i've watched a couple of people go through chemotherapy chemotherapy is not elegant and it's not surgical it is a dis- an equal opportunity destroyer of everything. Right. And you're just trying to survive while it kills whatever's bad in you so that whatever's good in you can recover after the fact. Right. That's that's violence. Like that is that is violence. Violence 
destroys everything without conscience. And you just hope the good stuff survives, the good ideas survive, the concept survives, the technology survives, and we're not back in the Stone Age. That we hope that after that fire burns, that something from the ashes will take. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just, it's too crazy. And I mean, like, you, how you said, like, you're seeing, like, the U.S. or the America from from Japan and everything, and you said that it's frightening. It's just kind of crazy, too. Like, you just have, like, you know, I try to, to be as unpolitical as possible because I know that my views are, they kind of dip between both sides, even mm. though now there's, like, it's kind of like we live in this world now where there's not even sides anymore. They're nope. just like spectrums. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're kind of like, even if someone says like, I am, you know, full, full blooded, I bleed red. It's like, well, do you really? Cause yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we can paint a little purple in there just based on what you believe in. Yep. Same thing for someone who's, you know, the most liberal, you know, blue person ever, Democrat, whatever. It's like, I'm pretty sure there's a shade of red somewhere in there, you know? Yeah. And so it's funny just to hear people fight so much knowing that, you know, they don't even realize that the spectrum's changed. Yeah. And I think it, it goes to the psychological necessity for people to be in a group or a team. Right. Um, whereas like when they feel like when they're individual, they feel insecure. Um, they feel a necessity to, um, to try to substantiate the decisions where you don't have to substantiate anything, my guy. All you have to do is just like vote for what you like. Like, you don't have to be a part of anything. Like, and this goes back to Japan. Yo, you, you could just mind your own business. Like, that, that's an option. That's always an option. Everyone <laughs> yeah. could just mind your own business. <laughs> like, it's sorry. Like it's, 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 not a, it's not a new concept. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, there's an entire poli political philosophy behind that, of minding your own business. And I think that, like, a heavy dose of that is kind of required um, to survive in America, just looking at it. Now, not to say that Japan's perfect. Our political system has its own issues, um, but it's not violent. That's for certain. Right. It doesn't, you know, cause, you know, mass shootings. No, 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 no. Like, un I mean, fortunately, no, that is not an issue that we have here for a number of reasons. Um, and I don't want to, it's not because mental health care is better here. It's not. Um, but it's just because the, the culture um, is so different. And as a cultural ambassador here, because part of my job is being a cultural ambassador, um, my job is to, to be a lens for which students can view the world, for students can view uh, my own country, but because I've traveled to so many different countries, I'm a lens to a bunch of different things. And sometimes I have to like kind of say, hey guys, look, I'm black and I'm from America. So my perspective is as a black American from America. However, I'm going to try to divorce myself of my culture so that you can see things as they are and you decide what you want them to be. And not how, how you or how anybody else could potentially paint them for somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. A dangerous game. A very dangerous game here um, where um, it is absolutely taboo. It is against the law um, to speak about politics in uh, to sway children one way or another. Um, absolutely taboo. Of all things, the political like swaying of people is the taboo thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I have, yeah, it, it's funny. Um, I actually, I got in a bit of a feud um, a couple of months ago um, with another teacher, like actually a, another creative who's a teacher um, about what's politics and what's not. Um, Cause we were talking about the LGBTQ issue here in Japan. Uh -huh. um, and they were of the frame of mind that I was bringing my liberal bias or my progressive bias into it. Um, and I was like, no, it's in the curriculum. Like you have to read, like you have to read what we're supposed to be teaching to understand that. And while you may disagree with whatever they're teaching, you need to teach it and, or you need to at least support them teaching it. Um, and sometimes supporting them teaching it is just keeping your mouth shut. Like other times you supporting them teaching it is actually telling students how things are in your country. Um, and that was, it was a really big issue for that individual. Uh, it was a big issue for me because like I'd, I'd never been really challenged before, like as a teacher by another teacher, like right. in, that, in that way, it was really difficult for me to like not be, well, the old me, which would be just insulting. Um, like I had to kind of, as an educator maneuver around that and like, look, here's the curriculum. Here's what we have to do. And we, oh, we don't have an opinion. We just have to do our job. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's funny that, that you bring up the idea that it's like teachers challenging teachers and you guys aren't necessarily challenging each other, like on other things, you guys are literally kind of like honing and and refining each other uh, based off of the curriculum. It's like, Hey, this is what we need to be teaching. And, and you discuss what needs to be taught, whether it's controversial or not. Yeah. And I find that the, the dynamic is much different here where uh, teachers may, I mean, for the most part, and it's maybe because I'm just, you know, I'm, I live in the dungeon that is my classroom and I don't leave because if I leave that, that leaves me open to like being part of things I shouldn't be part of, like, mm. you know, clicks and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I don't want to be part of that. So I never leave. So I don't really talk to many teachers, but like the teachers that I do talk to, I know that there really isn't much of like a challenge anymore. It's more just like more of a, the challenge isn't academic anymore. The challenge now is how many more years do you got left in you? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, uh, what is it? Elitism. I don't, I don't want to say it's elitism, but, um, it's almost like an ageism kind of thing where you're like, yo, I've, I've been doing this longer than you. So I'm, I'm better than you, or I've, I've been doing this longer than you. Um, so I know better. Yeah. It's a game of philosophy over here. It's like how you teach the thing that you teach. Um, and because it's a very mixed bag of teachers, like, of course, there's foreign assistant teachers, then there's foreign teachers that teach as main teachers, and then there's just the Japanese teachers who teach um, all of us teaching English in our own way. Right. Um, and so I think that the, like, and I'm talking about the dynamic within our small department of English teachers, whereas, like, I don't engage much with the other teachers outside of my department. Like, I mean, I'll help them with their stuff. And sometimes we'll have fusion classes. I'll go teach uh, home economics and cook for them. Or I'll teach yoga in the gym class. But I don't get into it with the, the, the politics of the city. Like, it's just not interesting to me. And honestly, it's, it's a bore. Yeah. No, yeah, I feel you on that one. I definitely do. It, it's just... It's a lot of, it's too much to consume in your mind when you have one goal and that's teaching. Yeah. Teaching's enough of a job, like without <laughs> having to play Game of Thrones with the other teachers in the staff room. Like I'm good. Pass. 
<laughs> it's like nah i'm not gonna drink from that water cooler today yeah, yeah exactly yeah no nah, I'm, I'm good i'm good on the dragons like no, let me just let me just roll over here please uh dante talk to me about your creative stuff what are you doing creatively um man um so like i, I have the the youtube channel dante dakara um and you know it's it's weird i started it because of the pandemic um i wanted to talk to people i wanted to kind of get stories out there and really the idea of stories didn't really catch like i didn't really have a motto for the reason why i started it i just started talking to the, the camera and you know i kind of like stumbled into a small bit a small following um like we're now 1500 strong um, but the motto is there are stories everywhere. And I'm, I'm happy that everyone who listens to me is a part of my story. And um, I'm, I want to branch that out a little bit more this coming year. I had a podcast previously um, where I was doing political stuff, but I'm just not interested in, in talking about politics long form anymore. I'm not interested in the diatribes. I'm not interested in the fighting. Um, I just want to tell the the personal stories about the people that you that I meet on a day-to-day basis, the experiences I have, and hoping that from these experiences, even though people can't travel, they can learn something from this. They can broaden their horizon by, by proxy. Um, right. So that's the that's the YouTube channel and the um, the upcoming podcast stuff. I'm uh, I'm still writing. I'm ever the writer. Um, I failed the uh what is it the novel writing november it was absolutely awful you, <laughs> like yeah i feel like as a teacher i should be able to stay on task like just so i'm not a hypocrite uh-huh. but uh yeah no i feel like my, when my students like screw around in class now i get it i get it now like yeah you need to stand up you need to move around you need to walk around you don't finish your stuff i get it now. go ahead live your life because i'm definitely <laughs> i'm definitely right there with you um, <laughs> But yeah, no, like creative stuff is great. Um, I think it's a good balance to the order that I keep in my classroom. The chaos of creativity um, mm-hmm. is a great balance um, to the uh, to the super controlled nature of my classrooms. That's good. That's good that you're able to like kind of like blend in your creativity into your classrooms as well. I feel like that's something that a lot of teachers need to not necessarily jump on, but they need to start figuring out like if they are going to, if they really do have a passion and then they have all of these other extra like curricular passions, like they need to figure out how to tie it in because I think going back to the beginning of the cast, um, it was all about, um, you know, really, you know, rehabilitating these kids back into some type of a normal. And I think passion and passion projects do that. Yep, absolutely. And I think you like um, to, to, branch off of what you just said there like that is something that i try to do every day in class i tie something back to something that i love or i'll tie something back to something they love because when i say like i take an interest in my students lives and i i try to understand them i take notes i take notes of the things that they love i take notes of the things that they hate i take notes about everything and i have like this master file like on my ipad where i like I jot things down, like, and I connect things like, oh, this lesson is about this. So I'm going to use this kid as the example because he loves talking about this and his love of talking about it is going to engage everybody else. Like I am surgical about how I use my creativity to enhance that, those lessons, but more than anything, like I try to show them that beneath the textbooks and the tests 
and the concepts, there are people that just love and then insert people's hobbies, insert yeah. people's passions. Yeah. Um, and I'll even talk about other teachers. I'm like, yo, that did you know so-and-so likes this movie? And they're like, what? No, I love that movie too. I'm like, yo, go talk to him about this. Like, he loves that movie. Like, and it humanizes teachers. And for whatever reason, I think that people have a hard time looking at teachers as anything more than just a tool for society to have people that can be, that can join a workforce. Right. Or just like uh, an individual who just has a lot of knowledge about how to teach things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you can't do things so you can teach things, right? Like, ah, uh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> yeah, relax. <laughs> relax. I didn't, I, you woke up and chose violence and I'm, <laughs> I'm not for, I'm not for it. Thank you. Right. It's like, thanks for coming at me and attacking me. Today. Yeah, exactly. Like, what did I do to you? Um, <laughs> but no, like, uh, I, that's, but to speak on the creative thing, that's why, like, I, I love looking at all the things that you're doing um, because what a perfect example of taking someone who loves their job and uses their passion projects, uses their passions to enhance the things that they're teaching, because you can give real practical examples of how the philosophies and the concepts that you're teaching in the class work in the real world. Like, right. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, it, it doesn't happen. Um, so often, I, like my students follow my Instagram, so they're getting in English practice that way. Um, but also some of my students, like as they graduate, they start floating over to the YouTube channel. And then like some of my students are starting to comment on that now that they can understand English a little bit better. Like, yo, I didn't know you thought this, Ty. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like now that you understand English, now you're, you're getting a bigger glimpse into who I am. Um, so, uh, it's, it's really cool, cool little thing where like, um, there are layers to who we are as people and who we are as teachers and kids are getting an opportunity to peel back those layers. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, to piggyback off of everything there, it's like the reason that I've done, and this is something that I've always kind of told myself and I've only realized it after, you know, coming into this whole second life of, of my existence and everything it's like, you know, I never did any of this to like become famous because yeah. I know that a lot of these kids, that's all they want to do. They just want to be the next TikTok star. Or yeah. They want to be the next influencer. Whereas my point of view was like, if I become the influencer of something, great. But that's not the point. The point yeah. of all of this was to give people a glimpse into the creative mindset that people can have on, on certain topics. Absolutely. And if that happens to, to, to birth five different brands, well, crap i really hope this becomes a profession and i can walk away from teaching because this would be amazing you know because yeah. now i can utilize that for other people to use you know what i mean yeah absolutely like it, it, the creative process and you know i don't knock anybody who wants to do things create do creative things for money i don't knock that at all you got to make a living like i i hate money but you need money like right. so like i'm never going to knock anybody's hustle as far as that's concerned um, but when you have an uh, intrinsic reason to do something creative and then it explodes into some kind of extrinsic benefit, like then you're winning on all sides. Um, and so same deal over here. Like I'm telling these stories online and I'm not telling these stories so that like I can be the next Rachel and June. It's like they're like this huge power couple of YouTube in Japan. Like I don't care about any of that. Honestly, 
like I cannot make a video for the next three weeks and be perfectly fine and then make six videos and like go on my merry little way. I'm just trying to tell stories. And if I don't have a story to tell, I'm not telling anything because right. I don't care about the clout and I don't care about influencing you. Like I want to tell you a story and you decide what you're going to do with that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it, it sucks that sometimes to get to those places, kind of like how you said, if I'm not going to, you know, if I'm not experiencing something or if I'm not going through something or if I'm just don't have the content, like I'm not going to force it. And so after getting like my first account hacked, which was absolutely horrible. Yeah. And, like the stupidest thing I've ever experienced. It, it, it didn't drive me. I did go through like, you know, a couple of days were like, crap, well, do I even like continue this whole thing? Like I felt yeah. pretty defeated at that point. Like I was like, do I even, yeah, I was just over it. But yeah. then at some point I was just like, I, I loved that my, my whole mentality was not like, oh crap, I need to get back to 8,000 followers. Uh, you know, they, they miss my content. It wasn't even that it was like, how do I get my stuff out there? Because now the intent is even stronger. And I think if you don't have the intent for your passion projects, then it is literally just something that you're doing to, to occupy space. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, and I know, like, you know, as a teacher, like, yo, I could be doing so many other things like than just occupying space. Like if it's not gainfully like employing uh, my passions and my heart, then yo, I don't have time for it. Sorry. Next. <laughs> like, <laughs> next yeah like yo I, i'm really big on the passing thing man like i tell my kids this all the time like yo if it's not for you let it go like I, I won't ever have you guys do something that's a waste of your time but if you feel like it's a waste of your time let me know like so either i can a give you the, the buy-in like give you the reason why you should continue to do this thing or b let you know okay cool just sit there then like you're right you may not need this this particular portion right here that's cool don't disrupt other people who may need this but pass like that's okay and we need to start doing that more often we need to start telling people yo if this thing like maybe you're vectored for something else maybe you're interested in something else so this isn't for you i get it but having a passing knowledge of something is important too um so sit there listen maybe it's not for you but just pass like pass so <laughs> that's the is that's gonna be like a new mantra for 2022 right yeah yeah pass, pass. Just pass. Like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no like i was actually thinking about that like yo what's my mantra gonna be for for this year and i, I think i have it i think i have it um but like it, it won't be passed. Unfortunately, it won't be that. Like I'm not, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at brevity. So <laughs> I think it's like the storyteller in me. Like I have to tell these long flowing stories. So even my mantra for the year is like a full sentence, like a, a really full sentence. So um, well, I'm, I'm going to be excited when you finally uh, unveil that for the world. Yeah, like I, I think that people are going to think I'm depressed. <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> like, man, did you hear that? That one podcast with Dante Diallo is amazing, but that catchphrase for the for the new year. Yeah, Ooh. like they're like, yo, like, what's going on with this? Like, what what is he on? I'm like, <laughs> no, like I'm I'm on like reality. Like I'm, I think yeah, I think that's the thing. Like you know, 
and maybe I'll ask you about this. Can I ask you a question? I don't know how long your podcast usually is. We're hitting an hour and I'm like, okay, maybe no, we let's go ahead and hit it and then we can go ahead and wrap it up. All right. So like you're do like you're doing all these creative things. You're, you're, you're teaching. And I know you said that if your creative stuff popped off, you would stop teaching. Yeah. So my question for you is mm -hmm. what gets you going every day when you walk in the classroom? That's like, that's always going to be a teacher's like million dollar question. I yeah. think what gets, I think what gets me is that every single day that I walk in, I know that there's already something to do. And that thing that needs to get done is tied to a passion that I just probably worked on the weekend prior. <sighs> and so when I step into my room, I go in and I turn my coffee machine on if I'm feeling for coffee or whatever. And it's just like, okay, how can I utilize what I did last week, whether it was the podcast, whether it was some, uh, you know, a photo shoot or just photography, you know, some NFTs or some crypto that I was reading up on or publications, anything. What did I do last week that I can use this week to fire them up with? Oh, that's great. That's usually what I end up doing. And then like, I'll, I'll do this whole thing where like they're in class and then I start getting like super like you know, into what I'm talking about. Like, I'm literally like my own student. I'm like a player coach in my classroom. I get myself excited and like, I'm already standing on desks and my kids are like, what is this guy's deal? <laughs> and they're just like, man, can the principal walk in so that this dude can just like calm down? But that's great though. It's infectious. It is. Like, it, re it really is. So, no, man, I I'm glad to hear that. Like, it's always good to hear other teachers like answer that question. Like, yeah, thanks for that. Like that, that got me going. So <laughs> like whenever, whenever my energy goes down, I'm going to remember that, you know, stand on the desk, connect the things. Don't pass. <laughs> Just, yeah, don't pass. Don't pass. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I be completely real about it. What did I do last week? Even if like the first thing you go to about last week is like your last lesson plan or like the last thing that you did in classroom, like, just think about what did I do last week outside of the classroom? What did I do creatively and how can I tie it back into for this week? Yeah, that's a, that's a bar right there. That is a bar. <laughs> so. All right. Okay. Spitting that knowledge. You've been teaching longer. You've been teaching longer than me. Like I, it, I mean, even though like I'm like, I'm 35, God, I'm 35. Um, I've only been teaching for about five years now. So like I'm always willing to take more, more information. No. Yeah. I mean, seven years of teaching total for me. Um, and I'm still, I'm still trying to figure stuff out, man. I mean, yeah, we're all, we're all going to get there. Sorry to extend your, extend the podcast. I just, I just needed to, needed to ask that million dollar question. Like, oh, all... <laughs> no. I, the, the, the questions that other people ask me are way more interesting than anything mundane I could ever ask. Ah, you're good at this, man. You're good at it. Right. Don't <laughs> tell better, yourself. I'm a better listener than anything else. That's that's what that's the key. You got to be a good listener. Yeah, yeah. No, I talk too much. Like, so, <laughs> like, like yo, like yeah, I, I, I talk too much. Like my kids say all the time, like yo, Ty, shut up. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, y'all can just do the worksheet thing, guys. My bad. <laughs> Like you, like you do, I'll, I'll be over here. You go over there. Yeah, exactly. Like, yo, but if you need anything, I'm right here. You know, like we know like right here at the desk waiting for you quietly. 
with like a creep with like a creepy smile and everything. Exactly. They can't see the smile because the mask is on. But oh, okay. But the, in in the eyes, they can see it. Like, yo, this guy, what is he on? English. Yeah. I'm on English. <laughs> Join me. It's like coming coming on an adventure with me. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm Mr. Frizzle. Like I, I really that's that's how I, I I put myself out there. They don't know the reference, but like any of my old heads who watched like educational TV in school, like I'm Mrs. Frizzle, like just in Japan in anime for, form. There you go. So that's how you do it. Yeah. Anime Miss Frizzle. <laughs> anime Dante. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to draw that now. That's gonna be a new concept drawing. There you go. See, you look at that. You're already on another brand. There you go. Then we're just making brands on this podcast, dude. We're <laughs> brands. Yo, that's too much work. Like, stop. Like, I, I need to I need to like niche down. I can't I can't branch out too much. Like, I can't be like, yo. Like, that's the one thing I'm amazed about with you. Like, you can you can do all of these different things. Like, yo, I can barely breathe. Like, and. <laughs> Like, yo, seriously, I, I'm like, I feel like, yo, I'm, I'm a good, I feel like I'm a decent teacher and I'm an okay creative. I'm like, yo, I have like, oh, an, another brand. Can I, can I do that? Like, nah, I'll just roll it into the one brand that I already have. Like, just make it <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, this guy is too cool. I'm like, yo, Isaac's got it. He's got it. <laughs> I, dude, I really hope I do got it. I really do. I hope this is, I hope whatever, whatever the heck I think I'm doing, I hope that it's, somewhat you know coherent i mean i think that all the people who are listening probably think so or we wouldn't be listening true that's that's <laughs> very true so woo, we'll see we'll, we'll see what's gonna end up happening with that yeah but thanks for having me on man i really appreciate it so much no yeah thanks for letting me chew up your time it's what like 11 over there now yeah uh almost 12 o'clock almost, almost 12, 12 o'clock yeah, dude, this is definitely like this will be the furthest podcast interview that I've had, plus the longest. Oh, it's great. I'm I'm happy to happy to be the longest. I talk too much, but I'm also happy to be the guy that's furthest away. And if ever you want to want to do this again, I'm I'm game. Like topics all over the board. Like there's so many different stories, and I'm happy to share them. No, we'll have to we'll have to definitely get you back on and everything. Uh, before this ends and everything like that, I want to plug you. So. Um, if people want to catch your stuff on YouTube, how do they look you up? Oh, it's Dante Dakada. Uh, Dante is D-O-N-T-A-E, and Dakada is D-A-K-A-R-A. Um, and yeah, that's the. It's on the YouTube channel. Or it, they, Instagram is the same thing, like Dante Dakada. Um, and literally, it means because I'm Dante. Um, and you just get the stories. Uh, I'm always connected. I'm always tapped in. So if people have requests or they have things they want to see or stories they want to see like i'm all about the requests because like i've seen a million different things and i just don't know what to talk about so so some direction always helps cool awesome i will definitely uh i'll, I'll definitely plug that out there and everything we're going to get you uh some people so that way people can enjoy a more global lens on life from your amazing creative mind thanks man you're too nice <laughs> all right dante i'm gonna let you go all right so thank you for being on the show man thank you so much i'll talk to you soon man all right laters man later